Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Jimmy and I are going to be doing some traveling in October, October 6th through 9th, CXE, Cartoon Crossroads Columbus. We're going to have some tables there talking comics with you guys. Can't wait to see you. Good comic literate town, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Baltimore Comic Con, October 28th through 30th. That's the place where Jimmy and I cracked the idea of creating the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel in the first place. Great comic centric comic-con that you guys will have a ball at if you're in the vicinity and October 22nd Jimmy's gonna be at the Jacksonville Public Library uh, for a zinc festival and he is the man of the hour there so make sure you stop by and say hi grab a comic and check out Jimmy's talk on the dais October is kayfabe-tober and these are your drawing prompts one a day man uh, tag cartoonist kayfabe on Twitter on Facebook on Instagram with your drawings each of those days and we're going to uh, repost and reshare as many of those as possible. This is the official list for Kayfabe-tober and uh, these videos are brought to you by the comic books that we make. Jimmy currently has out on the racks right now Hulk Grand Design Monster and Madness. Two issues of these will be compiled at the end of the year for the Hulk Grand Design Treasury Edition with this beautiful fluorescent green ink oversized like uh, the traditional Grand Design comics and Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive collects all of Jimmy's uh, image Street Angel comics back in a new printing so if you missed it that first round you have no excuse gotta go get your hands on this new printing Red Room Trigger Warnings is going to be in stores within a couple of weeks as of this recording Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit if you got the comic uh, versions of Trigger Warnings, you'll still want that trade paperback because there's uh, more than 60 pages of extra material in the back there, including uh, commentary tracks. And it goes nicely with uh, the Red Room Antisocial Network trade paperback from 2021. Without further ado, man, we did Batman Year 100 with uh, Jim Mahfood, our brother from another mother, talking up some Paul Pope comics. It was only a matter of time, Jimmy, before we put THB uh, under the microscope and crack, crack this open in all of its glory. This is uh, such a strange comic. So I start to get into indie comics and stuff, I don't know, mid to late 90s, and there aren't that many out there, right? Alternative comics, uh, at least the ones that I had access to, you could kind of count them in maybe two hands. THB was one of those books that just felt like alien. Yes. Like it felt like obviously it's black and white, you know, it's uh, self published by Paul Pope, but you open it up and this is what you get is like the cartoonist in some kind of cool pose and look at that background. What a photo. I wasn't seeing that in any of the Fantagraphics releases at the time or the Dark Horse books. This was like a totally different flavor of comics. Yeah, even the size of it feels like a magazine or something. Yeah. Um, it was just an odd object. And again, you put in that it's self-published and it really was like, I don't know what I'm looking at. I want more of it. Yes. And in retrospect, it's, it's, uh, we have some more language that we can express regarding this thing. He's bringing in design stuff that wasn't present in most of the comics that I was looking at. You know, like maybe 8-Ball, you know, there were some guys who were good designers that were making comics, but by and large, like, I was not seeing anything like this. No, I, w I would say that, uh, you know, upon this reread, cracking it off the off the shelf for, for so long, uh, it's um, all of what became established in zine culture of the day, fact sheet 5 type energy, 
with these front pieces? Well, combined with manga, like how much does this spread look like what we know of as like like published in Japan manga, oh, right? Yeah. Like like big images, lots of kind of text and info, dense, and it's loaded with that stuff. So a lot of influences I wasn't used to. This the stuff's a revolution. What he's doing with a brush at this time, oh, like nobody inspired, was doing this in America with the brush. He inspired a generation of cartoonists that, that came after it, man. There, Absolutely, I, I could name dozens of cartoonists who who were like, oh, you don't have to use the Winsor Newton series seven number two. Like you could use the number five brush and get these super thick lines. So here's some stuff to call out for everybody at home because they probably heard of certainly Paul Pope. THB number one, volume two. A lot of this is, is kind of redone, rebuilt on the original THB number one, which yeah. I don't have a copy of, but you can see this this announcement, right? This is a, an amendment. I think there's about 40 pages that have been reworked in this edition. Since the original THB one published in October 94, the end of the year 1994 is when the first issue came out. I think five issues, four or five issues have been published by the time this comes out a year later. Sure. Yeah, you, and you see him back here, like like they're promoting all this stuff. And he's he's a wanted man at this point. Like Dark Horse has him doing serializations in Dark Horse Presents. He's doing work. Like this this is imagery from his Kodansha stuff. What, what was that stuff called? Super? I thought it was Smoke Navigator, but I don't think it is. No, it's, it's Super something or other. But that's what this this uh image is from even though it was looks it super like... trouble yeah, yeah that's it that's, that's it. a good title yeah 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 it's great and it feels japanese yeah uh but you know he's being serialized in a in a uh, comic that has a weekly distribution or monthly distribution of a million copies so he's getting in front of a lot of eyeballs and throughout the years i mean he did design work for donna karen like he is a very sought after uh illustrator graphic designer it's really cool too. Like he would have essays in a lot of these uh, self-published pieces, which again felt different than most of what I was reading. I mean, this isn't even like the editorial page in the back of Image. Like this is kind of thoughtful stuff. Like he talks about how all the coolest comics, as far as he could tell, were titles like Raw, Rubber Blanket, Drawn and Quarterly, Acme Novelty Library, all of which can claim some allegiance to the very solid and resonant history of graphic design. And, and goes on to talk about design as an influence. Yeah. And it's like, this stuff spoke to me. Like I was finding this when I'm in school studying design and thinking of making my own comics, which meant I had to figure out covers, I had to figure out inside covers, all those pieces that you don't really think about when you're trying to just draw the comics. Well, once you start self-publishing, you gotta figure them out. And it was cool to hear somebody talking about that stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is like, this is proto-blog. Yeah. You know, like this is a guy after Magan Dave Meltzer dirt sheeting himself, getting himself over, uh, giving you some insights into some personality that he leans into, you know, like he introduces you to him, like on the inside cover, there's photos of him in every book, every issue. How many uh, of these small THBs were out there? Like five, six issues? Like, I think five. There's five issues and there's six A and six B. Is there anything after those? Oh yeah. Um, Adhouse Ad published one or two issues of his, and then he did another one in the early 2000s that was four issues. That might be issue six, where it's like A, B, C, D. And oh, I mean, they're yeah, all big meaty too. issues like this. You yeah. know, like it's probably between them 250 pages worth. Right. Um, and then the three that you mentioned that were oversized. So like Buzz Buzz, uh, THB Circus, which was, I think, square shaped. Um, yeah, so there, there's quite a bit. And some of the oversized stuff, I'm glad you mentioned, because those were really some of the books that like changed my life totally even this like i don't know about you i discovered him through palmer's picks uh-huh and 
probably the same. went to uh, the comic shop and saw that, like, you know, it's like $5 or something. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. That's my whole week's budget. <laughs> it's tough. I, five fifty, But it is so chunky. And, I, dude, I literally had dreams about this. Like, just the thickness of it and stuff. I'm like, it, there's so much in here. And this is from one person. He's going to do it regularly regularly had it put on my pull list uh, i missed the first go around I, I guess that's what i'm getting at like when you go to um the comic shop those first ones they disappeared who knows if they even made it to pittsburgh but uh when these started coming out man i was on it you know you look at this illustration and again i no comic i own looked like that mm -mm. that that was like something new and different and that's what i was chasing and you know what shout outs you mentioned the comic shop i got mine at phantom of the attic in uh -huh. oakland and, and and not just this but a bunch of the thb stuff you know that they had in their cool indie section so the shout out to the local comic shops you know because i mean that's how you found this i wasn't yeah. gonna i don't know how you would have ordered it in 1995. this stuff was uh had to be floating around the sva because i was just thinking about like all the people i thought that uh that are, are influenced by that thick brush. And I'm like, they went to SVA, she went to SVA, he went to SVA. Yes. <laughs> I'm with you, yeah. Yeah, so he redrew a bunch of stuff. And uh, I don't know if that means he, he added pages or if he replaced pages. Uh, I do think we will see the smattering of the, the original pages in here. There's a lot of interesting approaches too, because- You know what, get... go back one page. And, and we don't need to go through these details, but you you mentioned about, you know, what's redrawn and stuff. He actually calls out. It's almost like a little director commentary of what's new. Says if he had time, he'd redraw the whole thing, which yeah. isn't that every cartoonist would feel that way <laughs> about an early work. But he does call out, like, you know, a new seven-page version of this or a new 16-page story that replaced this or that. And, I mean, this thing, at least 64 pages. You know, I don't know what the page count actually is. But it's, it's a big book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet you it is the max amount that you can staple i love that it's saddle stitch saddle stitch that's what, that's what i was that that for. is what you would get is like this feels like it should be square bound based i mean they square bound 48 page books and this is way more than 48 pages i love that it's the staple yeah so uh we're gonna see a bunch of different approaches and i think that that might be some clue into the new the newer pages and the vestigial pages from the original issue number one i would i would call these out as probably being pretty new uh, compared to some of the other pages that we'll see in here. And I think to some, some extent, it'll be pretty clear. Uh, we're establishing HR and her homie. Yeah, and she's a uh, school school girl, school age girl. Uh, we'll see her dad, you know, so like her family's here, her friends are here and stuff, but it's she's the star. Slow burn uh, in terms of the, the writing of it when it comes to, like, you know, we establish her character and it seems like there's like a lot of pages just kind of exploring the character before THB is even you know, in the mix. Yeah, barely in this one, THB. It's interesting also that uh, when we finally do see him, it's not, you know, it's not some epic splash page. This isn't really American style superhero type comics. You know, like you could imagine Kirby, that would be a whole splash page. It's possible that that reveal could show up like on a page turn, but none of that. Cool screen tone here, but look at the lettering. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about lettering so much. Like when you start seeing him letter his own stuff, wild no uh aims guide no that's something that i was really digging with this work man no aims guide and it retains the spirit of the line or that's what we talk about so often is like if you're going to use a font use a font that uh corresponds well with the actual visuals and i mean he's using the brush that he inks with to to, to letter this stuff i i do think that these 
the lettering on a, a lot of this is inked with a brush. Yeah, it's there's a lot of tools on display because there's yeah. one piece that I was looking at and I swore it's a ballpoint pen. Mm. So Call we're gonna see out. we're gonna see some different stuff too as we go through. As you mentioned, like what's new and what isn't. Look at the white media that he's putting on top of the screen tone. Yeah, yeah, and could could just be getting chipped off. You know, that's a portfolio piece that you send to Code Ancha. Yeah? He talks a lot about manga and its yeah. influence. He talks a lot about European stuff. It's clear. Years later, like when he's working at Marvel DC, he, t he starts talking about Kirby being a big influence. And that was something that really like opened my eyes because when I look at these pages, I don't see a lot of Kirby. Mm -mm. Although there's a ton of energy of like characters running and movement. Um, you know, so they're, they're in hindsight, you can see some of it, but it's not the obvious stuff that I think a lot of people copied. Cartooning 101, you got your uh, brunette, you got your blonde. Yes. And they got to make their way in school. Love this little piece, man, where the full focal point, it's like she has a freaking spotlight yes. on her. Genius. Yeah, good Genius. stuff. Good stuff, even creeping in there, you know, and the, and the spotlight's even here because we've got screen tone, screen tone on the doorway, but white where she's uh, sticking her head into the spotlight. The, the architecture stuff, it almost feels like plain air ink drawing or something. Like he's he's got an easel and he's like looking at an actual kind of gothic structure and just, just going ham straight to ink. For all the people who he influenced and copied him, nobody still draws architectural elements like this. You know, like there's perspective desks, straight line, what should be straight lines. Yeah. And he's just whipping it out with giant brush strokes. Yes. And you feel the Very energy. Very organic ones. Yeah, you feel the energy from it. Absolutely. Yeah, the energy I think was the big giant takeaway for me with this stuff. I had not read much manga at this point, so that element was pretty new, mm -hmm. and it just felt like this is a different kind of comic. Yeah, yeah. One part that is rooted in more American style is uh, word volume is uh, much more than than your average manga. When I see bits like this, I start to think like, man, maybe maybe Rubber Blanket has some influence. Definitely on 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 his approach. Those, yeah, I see a ton of that. Kelly lines. And at this time, he's coming out of, I believe this is published out of Columbus, which is his yeah. base of operations. Yeah. And I mention that because Columbus has such a rich brush ink history going back to yeah. Kniff. You know, I mean, it's you true. think Billy Ireland and Columbus think Jeff Smith, you know, like there's just a long history of a certain values that kind of exist outside of the New York cartooning community. Yeah. And Pope comes up in that, right? Yep. I mean, he's there for at least for, you know, a little bit of time. So here's some indicator. If, if that original issue came out in 94, like he signed in this off, man, 1995, and uh, you turn the page or you look on the next page, this looks earlier. Looks different. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a more controlled kind of lettering. It's a more controlled uh, sort of ink line, thinner lines. Much more restrained in how he's putting those ink lines down. Perhaps drew it much bigger because it looks reduced down a lot. It's very wild, man. Like he introduces the THB, the concept of THB. He needs to go up a couple flights of stairs to go do some work and he just right. has a damn crane bringing him up. Yeah, HR's uh, teacher. Yeah. Prepping her for some exams that are coming up. Oh, by the way, they're set on, this is on Mars. Yes. <laughs> you know, bringing in these sci-fi elements that we're not dwelling on, but are part of the story. And you get little bits of it as her dad is uh, some kind of miner, I believe. And he's moving his robot factory outside of the part that's really ruled on Mars. So you have these Martian authorities that are at odds with her wealthy industrialist father. This stuff is interesting these pages this is totally yeah talk about getting into something different like what exactly are we seeing here yeah and it's uh it's interesting like you know if, if 
if comics is about like picture making for for narrative value the next second like so this panel happens and then we're this is like the next moment this isn't a flashback this isn't anything it's still continuing the story he's kind of like fuck it kind of energy but he's also the the word bubbles and stuff are handled way differently there's no bubble there's just tails there's like wet on wet it's like a, sometimes you'll see ink the wash. ink bleeding but it's not just the wash it's also putting like ink on top of water because you can see that bleed yeah unusual techniques very strange and then you get white gutters which makes me wonder like how's he getting that is he yeah, cutting is these panels out or is a computer like it, it was computer possible scanning and stuff like because you could you could trap and magic wand you know what i mean that space and then it's like something underneath but yeah i'm really doing not that in sure. 1995 and this is and this looks earlier like so this could be 94. yeah it wouldn't surprise me if this were part of the original thb i issue. think it is and and you'll see it oscillate like we'll have it here and then we'll this see it giant somewhere. heavy black is just a wild line yeah it reminds me of uh do you know i think it's john van fleet he yeah. had he had done uh a couple of comics but had kind of a painter painterly approach but would use this really heavy it was almost a brown line um, but it reminds me of like some of the marks that that you see on these pages this is very different it's, it's where your line crosses into almost the value piece you he'll, know of the spotting blacks he'll also do a, a thing where he's using he's using pencil to create depth uh will we see any of these pieces here no nah, not yet but he'll he'll use pencil in those sequences to communicate depth you'll see figures far off in the distance and stuff and now we jump forward to what i would consider to be more modern uh artworks some of the stuff that he drew to to put in this issue specifically man i really want to see a real issue number one and you know what when we go to columbus i bet you we're going to be able to you know what that's a good one to pull out and uh i've been meaning to say too like like if anybody has recommendations because we're going to have a little bit of access to the billy island post comments on what we should be digging out of there if we can get if we can get some stuff uh true for an episode true, or two true but 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 i i yeah po sure a thb1 would be a good buds, one man i'm sure we got some buds that have these issues see here's some of the kind of stuff we're, we're, he's allowing his pencil work to be seen yeah you can really see it in the back of that chair that's cool and you see his figure so you see some underdrawing even i'm wondering if he thought that that would be visible in the final because that was just underdrawing for the character it feels very experimental you know the ability to do this kind of stuff where it's like a subtle gray gray difference even in the word balloons like very painterly my uh some of my lettering is off register with yeah, some what, what what could that possibly mean since this is one color is that a separate layer do you think the black is like on a transparency that's my guess because oh, like that's how you create a shadow yeah otherwise where are you getting a uh, an off registration line on one color ink yeah and it kind of feels that way where, you know, you could even do your masking if you were going to do some sort of transparency layer on top. Right. Here's that piece that I was talking about where he he has these figures in pencil and even some building structure in pencil and it really creates that depth. It looks good on the monitor. It feels, uh, it feels manga-esque to me also looking at this stuff and thinking of like maybe the first couple pages in a manga serial where you might have color or watercolor or something that's a little different. Yeah feels like you're approximating some of those ideas look at this kind of stuff for storytelling of like the arrows going through love it and i i get the sense that it that kind of thing could happen organically because he does it here 
he does it maybe one or two other spots and he goes oh i i need to do some more of that like that just makes a lot of sense you've never seen it before dude it's a total colonoscopy by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah it really feels like experimentation in that section like a like a young self-publisher because he had done ballad of dr richardson and sin Tutulu. yeah so you know he is has self-published a little before this and it feels like just figuring out like what prints and what does he want to do and what can he bring into these pages he's good and fast i get the impression because he's doing stuff for uh negative burn like he's he's pumping out hundreds of pages in a very short amount of time these kind of map drawings are something that i associate with a lot of his work and thb and some of the vertigo stuff that he does yeah that felt pretty new wasn't seeing that in a lot of comics i was reading and like this kind of drawing wasn't seeing that in anything you know i've seen some originals of maybe mazzichelli yeah and his originals are gigantic right the ones that i've seen and they're way bigger than a zipatone would allow so i'm wondering if he reduced his work and then applied his gray tones because they don't make zipatone sheets as big and wide if this is as big as the pages i've seen you you know what i'm saying i do i know exactly what you're saying and i don't know i mean he may have even been making his own you know there were people that were doing that so i don't know hard to tell you know we've seen such weird zipatone things like we've seen zipatone on regular paper pasted down <laughs> yeah. on art so yes, yeah. you know certainly people figure out different ways to do it Like this, to me, very graphic treatment. And I mean, there's almost no drawing there. Mm -hmm. It's just a very thick brush line. You know, Frank Miller comes to mind sometimes, like not with the visuals of the work, but there's some association. Uh, there's a character that was mentioned about Shrek in here, Miss Shrek, mm -hmm. Roberta Shrek even. So yeah. like, I feel like Bob Shrek was in the vicinity. He's, work, he's, he's working for Shrek at Dark Horse Presents okay, at yeah, this time. Yeah. So, like, these backgrounds, like, you've seen them in Daredevil, you've seen them in Wolverine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if Pope's reading a bunch of manga, he might be looking at the original sources of these kinds of backgrounds, right? The stuff that Miller's drawing you from. Know, you know what's crazy to think about that I never kind of connected before, but thinking of manga and the expressive line and all that, uh, Goseki Kojima has that brush that's, like, this, like, very adventurous line. Mm -hmm. And, uh... Pope is on the record. Like, you could find that Criterion Collection, like this video on YouTube where it goes to, like, Ron Wimberly's studio. It goes to Pope's studio where you can see some of the sizes of, of his artwork talking about Lone Wolf and Cub. So maybe there's a little Goseki Kojima here. It's nice that he's signing many of these pages. Yeah, the you know, new like, stuff. It lets you know what is new, at least, you know, some of it. Then you turn the page you and you can tell this at. is older. You know, you could tell that this is what This is a great contrast, too, because this is the business. Like, we had seen previously, this is the business, uh, you know, her father and a businessman that he's doing business with. Yeah. Cool scenes, but now those same characters carry over. Her father, the businessman from that previous scene, but now HR is involved. Right. It's very fun rolling through this stuff. And, uh, dude, it ends on a high note. Like, finally going to drop some THB into this glass of water. Good cliffhanger too because we don't get it on the next page no. we're gonna wait for that payoff he's like you'll understand soon he's trying to explain this concept before we actually see it these pages look the oldest you know what go back one seen. page that obey has to be uh, a conscious nod to uh the the street art um oh, shepherd fairy yeah shepherd fairy at the time right mid 90s about when he's starting to ramp up 
I feel like with that was, obey he stuff. He was probably just called, uh, I think it was called Giant back, back in those days even, man. So like, uh, that's possible. Why not? It feels like that's about when he crosses my radar and I'm sure Pope was ahead of, you know, me in terms of knowing what's going on everywhere. Sure. But this is very old. Like, I feel like this is some of the earliest works, man. And uh, these pages, when you see the 12 tier, you know, the 12 panel mm -hmm. page, Erge comes to mind. Yeah, and also these are those, uh, when you mentioned big oversized originals, you can imagine these things as being like 18 by 24 pages. Doing the hatching and creating value with brush line. No, that's not pen. He's a, he, this, this looks all brush. The, uh, the GNG is a manga that gets in, this, this is a, like a government agency, these bug, bug face characters are sort of like the, uh, the rulers on Mars, and this is material that they're impounding. Yeah. And, as you can imagine, all government impounders do, enjoying the material themselves. Each guy, yeah, this is like a little comic on the bureaucracy. Each uh, level of bureaucracy is like, oh, did the, new, uh, did the new impounded stuff come in? Pass that up to my office. And it goes through about four layers in this little short strip as uh, each guy that's the higher up in the chain of command is like, bring me that stuff. I'll take care of that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the classic thing with the censors who, who, yeah. who raise fusses about you know desensitization and stuff they read and view all of that material somehow they're not desensitized but you might be yes yeah yeah bring me bring me the uh the month's crop of illegal publishing <laughs> <laughs> and now here we go you know this might be this might actually be older than that previous little setup yes this looks super prototypical absolutely and you get the sense if it's a young cartoonist experimenting with what what does this stuff look like yeah so here's some Pencil? Is mm -hmm. that what you're seeing here? Graphite? Pencil? Yeah, absolutely. Grease pencil? Something. Looks very uh, gestural. Man, this is wild stuff for the for mid-90s. Total revolution. And, and you know, it's it's ballsy to, like, for cartoonists to, uh, to let this be seen in a certain way, man. Uh, certainly at this time, like, craft was prioritized a lot. And, and usually what that meant was the, pris the pristine look. Certainly in indie comics. Who were the guys in indie comics? All the guys he mentioned, you know, Klaus, Chris Ware, Burns. Yeah, Miller's Miller's part of that was Sin City at this point. Yeah. So yeah, it's like not a, a big list. Allowing this process stuff to be seen, just it just was never done. Right. What's amazing, though, is like you think you've got to show people something they haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. This is a guy that's really going for it as a young cartoonist in terms of like, I'm going to do something that doesn't look like anything else on the racks. Yeah bold but i mean that's what you want to do if you want to stand out and finally yeah. finally the payoff and he's not he's not going over the top with it right he isn't it's it's still kind of within hr's world right like it's not we're not going into a kirby marvel universe style world it's yeah. still within her world but it's her friend who's been pestering her like let me see this thing let me see this thing because her friend has this this mech that uh she can bring out which is kind of conceptually similar but way not what thb is right THB is your Kirby character put I mean, into this sci-fi world. It's, uh, what's his name? Mr. Impossible? That little, Cur that, um, Fantastic Four dude? Yeah. And it's part bodyguard, part servant kind of character. And he's also, uh, a prankster of sorts. Here's some of your pencil in the background. How cool, right? I dig it. Fun. It is fun to see like those outlines of characters and how he's building that background. You know what's so interesting though is, uh, and I, I I would bet that like crack open the other issues like we don't see so much of that probably. Probably not. But uh, 
the people who were super influenced by they they didn't take those lessons they didn't take those bits into their practice yeah right you know where i would see it is pat pat mckeon does that backup in uh weasel number yeah. one and we look at it on a on a video of weasel number one so you guys can go seek that out if you want to but he has those panels that are like part pencil part ink pretty cool and we get to see some some personality stuff between hr and thb hey check out the lettering too because you we have mentioned these different materials that we think it's lettered with this feels like maybe a marker yeah that he's yeah, like lettering with liner. here and even this stuff feels uh same deal you know like maybe even a thinner maybe even a rapidograph it's a pretty dead line mm -hmm. with with this stuff over here and he's i mean you know young cartoonist like why not try a little everything i should say too thb is this like life form but it's based on you you hydrate it and then it comes to life and yeah. eventually the hydration goes away and it and it like poofs back into the little uh like she little, wears it in a necklace sponges yeah remember them shits <laughs> little dinosaurs and stuff and back to the stark black and white now here we go yeah we got our bug dudes they're coming to hr's crib and i can't wait to show you guys this piano <laughs> ain't that mean looking it's ridiculous you know so like, bizarre sam keith is teeth yeah yeah it's so animated looking it is and you just know it doesn't mean will this buzz buzz thing like it it's this is his um not laughing spitting man but the velvet glove little face that gets yeah. tattooed like this is this is the paul pope version of that you know he's creating this little iconic bosco max fleischer looking character it's a big part of that world building, you know, having these kind of like advertising icons that are that are imprinted there. Yeah. That's a, you know, advertising design, like he mentions that as being an influence and you can see it in elements like that and, and the, the Japanese influence. Yeah. Feels like an advertising mascot that you might see there. The structure of these pages feels very American, um, very sort of st standard in terms of where indie comics were at at, at this time. You know, three tiers playing with the Kirby Ditko panel structure. Mm -hmm. The bros do it, Klaus does it. So he really opens up his storytelling uh, later. Much bigger, poppier images. This is animated so well. And, and the visual storytelling of this sequence, this batch of pages is incredibly well done with this character. So the designy part just, just invites you to keep reading. It keeps pushing it to the next panel. This character design, I think, is really strong, too. Yeah. The uh, the, the weird mechs and robots and stuff. Because he has that organic line with these weird robots. We talk a lot about, like, the back three-quarter view. Yeah. He does this view several times, and it's so good. Mm -hmm. Just of that character, any character, but a character staring off, you know, like, like off into the distance. You know, like, when you speak about the Japanese influence... He has his own version of eyes, but it also it does have that manga vibe a little bit sometimes. The way he draws HR's face throughout this issue impresses me uh -huh. because there's not a lot of marks and it's kind of unusual, you know, like it's not like he's doing ovals for eyes or something. He's drawing an underlash and, and an eyelash and pupils and irises and all these different pieces and never looks busy or cluttered, but it reads like there are times when I'm like, is he drawing from somebody for right. this face? And it's little faces. It's not like it's photorealistic, studied, modeled face, but it just has a, a an accuracy that's you don't often see in care in this kind of drawing. Yeah, it doesn't get lost in the background 
you know, he's, he's, he's strong from the start. This mech, too, is very menacing. Yes. The way it's presented is just awful. It feels like a monster. And there is a tiny bit of Kirby in that there face is. design. A thousand percent. The cartooning of it, the chase is great under yes. tables yeah and, and and like that's that's hard to Definitely. choreograph man and he does it very well calls back to earlier uh, lessons from from her schooling in in the first part of this issue where yeah logic training trying to do the uh <laughs> the prisoner yes versus the uh comp computer how did that go again <laughs> That's a great episode. Yeah, yeah. What did he tell the computer? W H Y question mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it smokes. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> we are seeing a version of that here. This is great, man. She she trips it down the, the stairs and then launches Ooh, this rug, like dude. piece of uh, sculpture or something at its head. Sells the heaviness of yep. it. The rug pull looks good, and she laughs about it, man. You're right about the chase stuff, though. It, it's very effective. It's a chance for him to show off that kind of motion and running through through the space. And she drops her uh, THB into this like drain in, in the bathroom. You got to do it. You know, <laughs> if you have this, if you have this like Deus Ex Machina weapon, you got to lose it. You know, it definitely makes you want to see what happens in issue two. It's so inventive. Like she's looking through the the keyhole and sees this monster she's tipping over the book of sh the shelf of books onto the monster everything you can imagine if you were really putting together a chase scene through this this place where her rich father lives they're using props yes it's great stuff <laughs> and finally she outsmarts this thing they dispatch it and they say something about like i don't know they got in here with, with that guy could they have gotten gotten in here with something else last image you see is that fucking menacing piano with that mean face <laughs> and by the way like drawing a piano once that's a motherfucker now you got a villain piano pop hoping ain't giving himself an easy job i was gonna say man when somebody sends me a script with like the animated evil piano i'm out <laughs> and he chooses this <laughs> look at all this uh thb material and i think a lot of it we just don't i we don't see you know, I don't think there's a THB seven. I don't think there are trade paperbacks that are like 300 pages a piece. I don't None think of this that stuff. Exists. None of this stuff comes out. Yeah, this THB A and B. I don't think. I don't think that it happens. 340 pager. Mm -mm. We've been waiting for that. Those collections and, forever. And a 240 pager. Like, please, man. I would love to have that stuff. And then these like late pieces. Like these, you could tell that these are like new pieces of artwork and where he's evolving to. And you could see how, you know. Shelly Bond sees this and is like, come come work for us. Yeah, the shocking part is that everybody doesn't see it, right? But a lot of people do. A lot of people do, you know, like he, he laid it out. He's doing stuff for Caliber, Dark Horse, Kodansha. You know, That's he's, true. He's doing Criterion stuff. Like this is a, he becomes a sought after guy. And I don't know, like this looks labor intensive to me, but I think he's fast. You know, I have nothing to base it on other than like these kinetic looking lines and the amount of work that he's done in a career. But I think he's kind of quick. Yeah, I'm glad to finally get some THB on here yeah. because, like, there's a world of his comics that I want to look at, mm -hmm. and you know, like figuring out how how to get into it is hard because it is so many books and pages yeah. and everything and pieces of it all over the place. So I'm interested to see how this episode, how people respond to it, yeah. and hopefully it opens the door to more looking at more of this stuff because it's remarkable to me to see the timeline and think like. If you just look at what he put out as Horse Press, right. it's a couple of years, and yeah. it's probably close to 500 pages. Yep. 
and some really ambitious pages in that in that time frame. Pretty cool, very inspiring, and happy to look at this. Look at this, this stuff. Going Dave McKean. Yeah, right? It's that 90s, that, that 90s aesthetic that Dave McKean kind of established. You know, this, this is a book of its time. Scott influence. Absolutely. With, with the, and, and, you know, that's DC Silver Age up right. top there. There's a there's a lot of stuff at play. Not bad to get a Will Eisner quote on your uh, on your book. No, I don't know if like all the stuff I have is like a vol volume two. Like a, like a, I don't like think a, there is other volume two. I think this is it. Okay, cool. So so I have OGs of the original of the others, and there's always quotes from from big namers, man. Like uh, he got hooked up with that Spirits of Independence mm -hmm. uh, tour. You know, the mid '90s with the Bissets and and Jeff Smith and Dave Sim and all those guys. So, I, you know. Think of the stuff that he's taken from all of these guys who yeah. have a decade or two more time in comics than him at this point. It's double Truth Ruth, man, you good to go? I am. K-Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, what do you have out there, man? Hulk Grand Design, the oversized Treasury Edition, will be in stores in December collecting both of my oversized issues and uh, along with about 40 extra pages. Uh, fluorescent green cover, you're going to want to... Put that book on your shelves. Street Angel Deadly Scroll Live from Image Comics. Uh, new printing is out any day now. If it's not already in stores, you can pick that up soon. And you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see a lot more of my comics and you can download some of my out-of-print zines and mini comics there. Red Room Trigger Warnings, trade paperback in stores within the next couple of weeks as of this recording. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. If you got the issues uh, this year, Want to grab that uh, trade paperback for the 60 plus extra pages of material in the back. Lots of extra artwork to buttress all the stories and things. Uh, also a good companion piece to go along with your anti-social network trade paperback. Uh, get it at my link tree in the description below this video. I made it super easy for you to get your hands on it. And uh, if you hit up my Patreon for three bucks, you get the archive, which is all of this material. Plus, I'm serializing the next round of Red Room comics there as we speak. Uh, new strips every Tuesday and uh, just $3 for that. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, given those marching orders, we'll be on our way. Read more comics.